Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. Now, Roman Gabriel III. Welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Uh, I'm with an old friend, a guy I haven't seen in a while, man. Former Pittsburgh Steeler, ESPN. Merrill Hodge is with us. Merrill, how are you? I'm good, brother. It's been a day or two. I, I just had Rod Woodson in a couple minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, I, just, I hadn't seen Rod, Rod forever. Bro. Yeah, was and, uh, you know, he, he was talking about coaching, talking about the last four years with the Raiders coaching. Yeah. I guess I guess he's moving on back to maybe doing some broadcasting. Good. Well, he'll be good at either or, and I'm trying to keep him his his uh, mind open to yeah. possibly coaching with us and yeah in your call football so yeah well it's a new football league that we're starting there's just two teams we're playing professional football but the whole concept is for the fan to call the play so there's no kickoffs no punts once we cross the 50 we have to go for it on fourth down every down and distance there will be what we call a bundle of plays so i'll throw up three plays it's first and ten the fan votes the diagram of each play will be there, so they'll see what the play is, and then they select it. Well, after 10 seconds of, of voting, we the, the best play is selected that they picked, and we entered into the huddle, and that's what we do. That's what we play. That's, that's, the, that's the play we execute. So the fans control everything. I can't trump anything. I can suggest I have a coach's selection, but if another play is picked over that, we go with the – the majority of the fans. So is this an interactive game that could be played by multiple people at the yeah, same I mean, time? Yeah, you can compete, you can win Through prizes. Through like Roku or? We've got an app that's going to be coming out in a month. Yeah. It's going to be streaming so the game, so you're going to be sitting there, seeing it right on the screen. You're going to see where you stack up with the people you're competing against. You know, are you in first place? Are you in last place? Did you move up? But you score points, you win prizes, you win money by getting first downs and touchdowns. You know, you got to move the ball. It isn't about just so selecting have, a play have a that everybody bit of a else selects. Component to it too. Yes, it's. I mean, listen, it's. How did you come up with this? Or who, actually, I did. I, I kind of wish I was smart enough yeah. to. In fact, when they presented it to me, I, I was like, "What? They're going to do what?" And it wasn't until I did a model of it. So I did a mock where we had the game going. We were streaming on the app, and we were using our phones to select. Well, you plays. got to see how it looks like. Then is when I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That first half went so fast, and I started realizing, listen, i got to find out what this quarterback's good at because I wanted to boot my quarterback, and it became that, or in the game, he started to become a booter because he wasn't a good pocket guy, but he could run. And they started to use him like that, you know, uh, who's my best receiver, um, where do I want to go on third and two, what am I, what's my strength, running or passing? So those are things the fans going to have to figure out as we're playing, but Listen, I believe they will. My job is to give them the uh, the bundle so they have good options to pick from on each down and distance. Merrill Hodge, your call football, former Pittsburgh Steeler. And uh, so millennials, my daughter is 38, and I have a son that's 37. And, of course, my 7-year-old is better at this stuff than I am. It's grandson. <laughs> so they're probably going to really enjoy this technology and the whole interactive part of this. And Listen, Listen, if you're a football fan, you might even, just a football fan, you yeah. just like football, I think you would be intrigued by it, and I think you'll be curious enough that you'll want to try it. And then you got 127 million gamers yeah. who they live on doing stuff sure. like this. You have fantasy fans that love doing that aspect when asked the live version. So I think it will appeal to a lot. You know, we're going to have three games, and the reason we're doing that is 
we just want to give you a taste and see what kind of reception we get. I, I'm expecting a big one. Is this going to be able to play it on that? Yep. This phone. Phone, just, iPad. I mean, do we do everything off of these off these phones? I mean, I mean, if we can't do it off this, we're going to be struggling. But, yeah, you, you get the app off this. You can stream it off that. You can watch TV streaming. But the app will come out. And you can sign up. You can go right now and Google your call football, and you can sign up for the newsletter, and it will keep you updated on all the things coming out and where we are and, and all the, the so schedule. How much will this cost to do? Or will it be? Well, the app's free. You, okay, you'll be so able, the app's free. You'll so, be able to load it up. So, and, so you're going to win things, but you don't have to pay anything. How are you guys as advertisers? It'll be a lot. Yes. You get through advertising and those kind of things and how you do with your app work. But we're, you're not charged for the app. You can sign it up. You can compete. You can do a bunch of things depending on what your flavor is, you know, what you, what you would like to do, how far you want to go with it. So they want to explore it. What are gamers interested in? Why do you compete? What What is it that you like about it? Um, would this be interesting to you if you could actually call plays in a real professional game? Well, I don't think we heard no. I was like, yeah, well, of course we would. Sure we would. You know, they want to compete. They want to play. And are there NFL players involved? And not at this point. Mike Sherman is uh-huh. the head coach for the other one. Right. Kurt Schottenheimer. Who's, right. Um, Strategy guy, big yeah, time. Good, I mean, great coach. I mean, so we want to help develop players, too. We want to help keep players evolved in their careers. We'd love to see him get another set of eyes on him, another opportunity, and then right. go to the NFL. Because there's a lot of players that don't make it in the NFL that are just at the threshold of the 54th right. person. Um, money, politics, whatever it was, kept them out of making a roster. Right. But they're good enough to make a roster, and those are the kind of players we're going to get. Well, the, you you can prove that by I was in the USFL. When you look at the number of USFL sure. players that became stars in the NFL, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's no doubt. There's just a lot. You know, just listen. The numbers hurt a lot of people. You know, that's why the you know point oh two percent of high school, high school kids ever play in the NFL because of the millions that start out, eighteen hundred and some line right. up every Sunday, and that's just it's not a lot of players. Merrill Hodges with us, Pittsburgh Steelers, and. I was talking to somebody earlier today about the CTE concussion thing, and you 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 struggle with some concussions, is that right? End of my career. Yeah. Uh, how do you think this next generation is going to be impacted by the concern parents have for their kids playing contact football? Well, well, one of my missions is that we we start to correct the messaging and empower parents. Football is safer now than it has ever been. It is the best time to be playing contact sports, especially football. And all you've got to use is a little bit of common sense and think about it for a second. We've been playing football for nearly 100 years, okay? 90 years of that 100, we had no head trauma protocol. So we do nothing for concussions. We ignored them. Right. How many fingers? Go ahead and play. The equipment, which I'm sure you've had people through here talking about technology. Sure. From helmets to shoulder pads. How we play the game. How we teach it. How we go about the rule changes. All of that is a much better environment today. It's the best save it's ever been. However, for 90 years, we played in an archaic right. state. Shoot, 50 years ago, if you drank water, you're considered soft. Right. Well, there's roughly 250 million people who have been a part of football in that time span. If all of this playing youth football at such a young level was so damaging and, you know, then all of a sudden you're, you're cognitive, you got issues, you know, emotionally you issues. I mean, it all it hurts you. you. Your brain is not um, developed because where are all the people? Right. I mean, where are they? I mean, and I am not minimizing injury. It, it, it ended my career oh, yeah, and it cost my life. 
I know this, we failed in one category when it happened to me, improper care. We were doing nothing right. for it. We do, everything is at the cutting edge and continues to evolve. How do we handle that injury? How do we care for it? My son plays as quarterback at BYU. First concussion he ever had, slips in the shower in the dorm room, hits the back of his head. <laughs> then he red shirts, but he gets another concussion. He gets his first start against Wisconsin. And I could tell that he wasn't right. And I take him to UPMC in Pittsburgh to have him evaluated. And they looked at all the areas of concussion, six of them. Uh-huh. They identified where he's vulnerable, and then they gave him a specific cognitive and physical plan to rehab that and repair himself before he returned to play. Right. In 10 days, I was like, son, he called me on the phone. I was like, I haven't seen that fire or that spark in you in two years. Oh, good. And that goes all the way back when he slipped in the shower. Not on a football field. Right. But I got exposed on a football field because we didn't really address it. Even though he was dealing with right. it a little bit, we kept you thinking it was uh, – allergies because it would come and go right. we didn't think it had anything to do with the shower fall but to give him a plan to allow him to be fully recovered before he returned to play and now he has an excitement and energy i said bo 22 years ago they retired me they told me i had 18 months to recover i had no cognitive plan nothing right i go that's exciting that is exciting for parents to know what is available now and what we're doing in youth sports but i think you hit it on the head perception with moms how do you reach moms well, like my daughter i want my grandson to play and she's like i, I don't really want him to play right because it's you know what it's it's a lot of people m- manipulating science and to create the wrong message and a message they can't even back up and a message they can't support and that's why i want parents to go listen i'm not saying your kids should play football right. but i'm opening up your mind and ask some questions start thinking like hey wait a minute for 90 years they did this, and it was awful how they played. What's funny is soccer has more instances of concussions than football. Listen, somebody was arguing with me, telling me, you're crazy to let football's dangerous, and they sent me this chart with the NCAA. And it was a chart of all the concussions of all the sports. She was telling me, look at football, it has the most concussions. So I was like, this is, this is the ignorance of people. Right. First thing, the chart she sent me, the first thing that I noticed, every sport was represented. Right important things to always ask yourself what's the denominator what is the denominator and now most people would say what is a denominator a denominator is the total number that were affected or are in that category right well if you take the denominator in football how many players are on a team 95 in college to 100 right roughly 100 how many are on a wrestling team 12 22 okay 20 how many are on a girls basketball team 12 13 (laughs) <laughs> well, if you take the number with the denominator, Ratio. the number one incident for head trauma is wrestling. Okay. Two, women's basketball. Then three would be football. Okay. But what people do is they go look at the, they just look at the number and they're like, "Well, there's more." Well, there's a hundred people playing there. I mean, so there's more people. And there, it's so funny you, you wouldn't have a mom go, "Well, I don't want my daughter to play basketball. Well, I don't want course. my daughter to play so- yes, soccer." Head trauma has been around forever. Real quick, what's it like to have your son playing ball and watching him play? It is the most awesome yet nerve-wracking experience of my life. He's as gifted and as special a kid and player as I've ever been around. But watching it and having no control over it, it's just it's like, hard. It is, it is tough. And I coached Bo for nearly 10 years. I've coached him since he started playing at 7. I coached him all the way until I passed him on to high school. So 
I know of his gifts, but to not even have that control or that connection, I, I struggle with because I like to be there on the field. And BYU is a great program. Yeah, they had a rough year last year, but they really, I think, made some changes that yeah. are going to allow them to change some things on their team. What made him choose BYU? Well, I'm from the West. His mom is from Utah. We spent a lot of time uh-huh. back West on a cabin. I'm from Idaho, and, the, and that's where he wanted to go. He targeted that. They offered him first, and he took it, and it was yeah. over. Awesome. Merrill Hodge, your call football if you want to experience something with a lot of fun. Merrill, appreciate you coming in, man, on Sold Out. Thanks you for the time. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, buddy. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. I'm here with an old, old friend. I tell you, a guy that uh, really, well, let's put it this way. Athletes in Action uh, changed my life in college, and uh, this guy, Dave McDowell, has helped change a lot of people's lives today. God's used him greatly. Uh, Dave, it's great to see you again, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, Roman, great to be here. It's amazing, the environment. Isn't it cool to see what's going on? I've been doing this 25 years now, and it never gets old because I love letting people tell their stories, and especially their face stories. And yeah. uh, Dave, you know, Bill Bright did something, I'll never forget it. Uh, we had a group of about 40 guys at New Mexico that were strong believers on that football team. And I saw him, I think it was at the Chick-fil-A Bowl, it was about okay. a year before he died. And uh, he was sitting at the table with, with Vonette, and I got tears. I was sitting next to my wife, and I still do today. Walked over and just thanked him for what he did for my life and for the life wow. of so many of my friends. And, uh, you know, you, you represent an organization that shows athletes how to be men and, and how to be representatives of God and how to use their platform for the glory of God rather than for themselves. Well, thanks for the encouragement. It's just so cool to see legacy and history and the the past that we have with Athletes in Action, how God's gone before us. Really been a blessing around the Super Bowl, but way beyond that around the world. Well, the AIA breakfast is a big deal. Um, it, it's, it's basically the celebration that it's probably one of the most important in terms of history of the NFL, in terms of being an official NFL event. And, of course, no better man to represent that than Bart Starr and, and his family and what the relationship and what that's meant to you guys, I know. Yeah, yeah well, thanks for, uh, thanks for asking and sharing a little bit. Yeah, it's an amazing history with Bart and Cherry Starr. Um, about 30 years ago, a little bit longer than 30 years ago, we saw some of the things that we still see within Athletes in Action and within the NFL, guys making poor decisions. And we thought, how can we represent the majority of the men in the NFL and their wives and families? And, and Bart was the natural. He was the choice. And so for you know, 27 of the last 30 years, Bart and Cherry have represented so well faith and family and integrity, God and country. We've had some great times yeah, over the years. And some great winners of the award. And i just tell you a quick story is, when my father was playing with the Rams, they played the Packers. They were in the same division. They played many, many big games. And uh, the thing that's always uh, endeared me to Bart Starr and Sherry is, uh, you know, my dad's had some health problems as well. And whenever I'd see him or his wife, the first thing he'd say is, I'm praying for your father, and, and how is he? And that, you know, and that's who he is with everybody. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, but, but he's such a class act. And, of course, he was a great quarterback. But as a person, you know, when I – was in AIA and you know back in 1980 you guys did an article on me when I was a junior and asked me you know who are the two who are the people that you look up to and it was Steve Barkowski and Roger Staubach because those are the first two guys that communicated their faith with passion openly without any you know recourse and just 
you just said, wow, these guys are great players, but yet they love God, and that's, that's what I want to be. Uh, and they've done it for a lifetime, just like Bart and Cherry, and uh, they've stayed consistent and continued to walk the walk. I have a, um, a quick story about Bart and the type of character he is. I remember several years ago, um, Jen and I had been with Bart and Cherry every Super Bowl for 15, 18 years, and she wasn't able to make it one year. And the Super Bowl was in San Diego. And the next morning, I got a phone call from Birmingham, Alabama. Bart and Cherry got back late on a Saturday night, having 40 people at their house for a Super Bowl breakfast or Super Bowl uh, party. And I picked up the phone and, and I said, Hello, Bart, is everything okay? He goes, Oh, yeah, Dave. He said, I just wanted to get your home number. Cherry and I so much miss Jen. We wanted to call and make sure she's having a good weekend. And it's just incredible. Here's a Super Bowl one and two MVP, 40 people coming to his house, and he's caring, thinking about other people. I say this to people all the time about him. I speak to junior high and high school kids. I have a drug and alcohol education program I do in North Carolina, and I tell them about the guy who said this, and I said, you know, we're so busy rewarding wrongdoers. We're so busy rewarding the people who do it wrong that we forget about the ones who do it right. And I'll never forget that statement the first time I heard it, and I said, that nothing could be more true about the, the world that we're living in today, yeah. where you reward you reward the wrongdoers and, and the people who do it right are somehow ostracized. Yeah, and it's been an amazing celebration for 30 years around that with the Super Bowl. God's allowed us, Roman, and have something of faith be really important to the league as well as to so many representatives. God's continued to open up doors throughout the NFL because of the Bart Starr Award and the Super Bowl breakfast. Dave McDowell's with us, President Athletes in Action. You know, one of the things that people always do, and, you know, uh, whenever I tell them that, you know, when I was in training with Campus Crusade out of college and uh, in AIA training, uh, some of my professors were Bill Bright, Josh McDowell, and Dick Purnell. And wow. people say, are you kidding me? <laughs> you, and I'll never forget this. You remember back, you know, and, th and this has a lot to do with what's going on in campuses today, mm -hmm. how they've closed yeah. off the campus to conversation about Christianity or even allowing Christian organizations to be on campus. But back then, you know, you could have a conversation with your professor about faith. And I remember yeah. when you guys used to have Josh come out and he would say, whoever is professor, we're going to talk about, you know, I'll talk about Christianity and talk about, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and debate a professor on campus in front of all the students. And, of course, he would come in there and absolutely, you know, have his way. And uh, I remember after the thing was over going up to him, and, and uh, he, he, he knew who my father was, and, and he said, I hear you guys have a really great group of guys on, on your team here. And I said, yeah, we do. He goes, uh, so he came out. We did a, a retreat for all of our players in the spring in Durango, okay. Colorado, and he agreed to come and teach for the, th for the two days. Oh, wow. And uh, to this day, I will, I will never forget it. And what was so cool about him was is that in between sessions, he would just say, hey, you know, if you need to talk, you know, he would just sit there just like we're sitting here right now and talk about anything you wanted to talk about. It was, uh, it was amazing, yeah, absolutely amazing experience. And never forget it. It changed my life. Wow. Yeah, I would, I, would, uh, I would suffice to say that Josh McDowell has probably spoken to more people live, more about the apologetics of the faith than any other human in history. And uh, to be sitting under his teaching as a young athlete, that must have been really rewarding. Well, tell me about the IA breakfast this year. You know, I, I, I think my first one was in 95. Okay. Uh, you know, I've seen Reggie White get the award, Peyton okay. Manning get the award. 
I mean, anybody who's anybody in the NFL who is of faith has, you know, has stood up there and, and won this award and done it with uh, incredible, incredible humility. Yeah. Uh, you have a guy who is overdue, who yeah, has been is. a veteran and has been an example of Christ in the NFL for so many years, a Super Bowl champion. Ben Watson yes. is getting the award this year, and there's no more deserving guy in the world. None, none whatsoever. Well, this is a fun year for me. My first Super Bowl breakfast that I was in charge of was in Minneapolis in 1992. And I had a two-month-old baby that my wife and I brought with us who's now married with two children. So time has flown by. And uh, you're right, Reggie White, great Reggie White, was the award winner in 1992 and accepted the award that Joe Gibbs and Jack Kemp helped present him with, with Bart Starr. So here we are, fast forward to 2018. Benjamin Watson is just phenomenal. What a great human being and representative of the Lord and the several teams that he's been with. Uh, you're right, he did win a Super Bowl championship with the Patriots, but as he tells the story, God did something in his life because he actually did not play uh, part of that he season was, he because was he was injured. And then uh, what's a funny story is because the Super Bowl breakfast and the Bart Starr Award the NFL players vote on it. So three of the last four years, Benjamin has been in the top three. And uh, I thought he was going to win it last yeah. year. And what happened, Matthew Slater won it because Benjamin, not because of Benjamin, but Benjamin was hurt for the year right. and was not on the ballot. Well, so, I'll tell you something. I, I got a text from Matthew Slater uh, Monday night, and we've gotten to know each other because I've covered every one of their Super Bowls since 2001. But his three Super Bowls... Are four, uh, and I don't know if I've ever met a stronger Christian man than Matthew Slater. And he has he has been carrying the banner. Uh, he's the first guy I seek out with the Patriots when they're here because he just gets it. He's yeah. just he's just an incredible so humble, human being. His faith is real, and he continues to just. And his father was an was a great man. Oh yeah, uh, Jackie well, Slater. Well, with Jackie the Rams. was one of our. Early Bart Starr Award winners. He won the award in Phoenix. Is he the only? Are they the only? Only father, father son? son. Yeah. Uh, so, because Matthew was playing in the Super Bowl last year, I'm not sure if you were at the breakfast, but he had to come early. I was. Uh, wave to a few people, have a few comments. And then his dad actually accepted the award on his behalf, as presented by Tony Dungy, another great man of faith. Oh, Tony. Well, the the, the thing is, Dave, your this award is, I. I hesitate to say that, that, that it's probably for faith-based NFL players, which are majority of the NFL, by the way, uh, probably means more to them than being the MVP of the league. Wow. I, I, that's, wow. that's, that's how much that award means to NFL players, and that's what's fabulous. And the thing is, you guys' attendance has been absolutely amazing, even from players that are playing in the game yeah. that have taken the time out of their time to leave their team hotel drive to this event and actually receive the award. And that's saying a lot. Can I tell a quick Tony Dungy story with regard to that? So Tony had spoken several years at our Super Bowl breakfast, and he kept saying, I dream of the day when my team is here and we're going to bring them all to the Super Bowl breakfast. So when the Colts played the Bears, Bears down in, in South Florida, Tony had a majority of his players at the Super Bowl breakfast 24 hours before the game, and they ended up winning the game. I'm not sure what the correlation was, but it was really phenomenal to see Tony live out his faith with his team. What's really interesting, Dave, is that 
we talk about faith, family, and football. This show sold out faith, family, and sports. Um, you know, all the people in this room, that's, you guys have kept the real thing the real thing for all these years, and that's why it's lasted. That's why it's so important. That's why players see it as so important because when you walk them I and they talk about their passion of Jesus Christ, it so supersedes. It makes this thing look like a preseason game for these guys. And when you go in the locker room with these guys that have won that award, and the first thing they say is, hey, it's great that I won a ring, and it's awesome that, we, that as a team we won, but that's not why I, why I do what I do, you know? And that's really not what lasts. I think more and more guys, as their career progresses, they realize how temporary it is. Room when do you guys start selling tickets? It's a year-long process. We really try to say... Um, we start a committee in April, start selling tickets in October. Sponsors have been fantastic. It's really a year-long effort uh, to impact the whole city. And we have leaders, civic leaders, spiritual leaders, team leaders, business leaders throughout the community. You'll be here on Saturday. So in Atlanta, for those in the Georgia, Alabama, Ford area that want to come to Atlanta and see this event on Saturday before the Super Bowl, how, how do they get tickets? Superbowlbreakfast.com. You check it out. Send us an email. And we'll, we'll get in touch with you. Hey, Dave, it's great catching up with you. Thanks, Ron. Enjoyed it. Great to be with you. We'll be right back on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.